0: Welcome to the 2 Do- 2 Do- Do- Paranormal Podcast with your host, Jen and Joe.
1: Hi, kids. How's everybody doing today?
0: What is going on, Jennifer?
1: Oh, then I'm tired today. Why? Because I'm exhausted. I work too much. I need to win the lottery. Yeah. And um, be independently wealthy and rich.
0: As we're recording this tonight, the lotto is up to 400 and some million. I got
1: a ticket million. million. I did win a hundred dollars on a scratchy. Oh, that's good. And then I won another hundred dollars on a scratchy.
0: Wasn't the same one, was
1: it? No, oh, one okay. was from Ohio, one was from Michigan. So hopefully, the luck continues. You know, th- things happen in threes, right? Yeah, so third time's the million dollar charm. There you go. <laughs> we're just putting that out into the universe because Joe and I want to be millionaires right now we're like penny (laughs) (laughs) heirs
0: we don't have to work in the factory yes or drive
1: two hours to get to work (laughs) and two hours to get home can't take it anymore is there any um, rich independent single 51 year olds out there
0: I'm sure there is like short
1: chubby girls (laughs) just let me know DM me Um, just kidding (laughs) what else is going on Joe Oh, yeah. not
0: much. Yeah. Um, just taking day by day, doing things, getting yeah. the other podcast up and running. Um, I ordered forty one of my books, so they should be in for the next conference. So I will have my books at the Bigfoot Conference in Charlotte, Is it Charlotte?
1: Chelsea, Michigan? Oh yeah, Chelsea. yeah,
0: Charlotte is, or Charlotte. Michigan has a lot of like Shaw yeah.
1: type cities.
0: So we'll be in Chelsea, Michigan, on.
1: The thirty first. No, the thirtieth. Thirtieth. Maybe into the thirty first. Who knows? You never know. It's a long conference. <laughs> it is a long
0: conference. They got they I think the d- doors open at ten in the morning and it goes till almost eleven o'clock. I at won't night. make it.
1: No, no. I will be no, sleeping by no. eleven o'clock under the table. Everybody just come and throw pennies at me. <laughs> Pity me. I'm at the all day conference. I'll tell you how <laughs> my day
0: is going. I put a dollar in the vending machine at work to get some change because uh-huh. i needed dollar 25
1: for a honey bun
0: no i don't need honey buns anymore you better not. no i i was in the mood for a snickers bar so they raised the price to a dollar 25 oh, oh, good Lord. so i put a dollar in and mm-hmm. hit the change button and it popped out a gold dollar <laughs> that you can't use in the machines oh yeah,
1: yeah. well you got gold <laughs> Go, it's raining gold so yeah Now, you are the king of change. You have...
0: Not in my lunchbox, though. Oh,
1: then you need to pour like 18 pounds of change (laughs) out of your pocket into your lunchbox. Does anybody use change anymore? I don't know. It doesn't take your debit card to the snack machine?
0: When I undo my suitcase from our travels, (laughs) there's always change in it.
1: Oh. Oh, my gosh, you guys. When we travel... We have to. We have the Joe and I have this ritual. Okay. Anytime we go to a conference, we stop at the gas station to gas up, get snacks, get pop, and get a scratchy. Yep. And they're always. We're always looking for like we got a coin so we can scratch <laughs> this. So we gotta leave some coins in your truck. Yeah, Joe. I need to
0: put a scratcher. I do have a, one coin.
1: Oh, lucky!
0: I've got my cart quarter for <laughs> all <Aldi's. laughs> these.
1: I oh I went to all these yes day before yesterday. And somebody left a quarter in their cart.
0: Yeah, that, that happens a lot. I'm like, I'm so, an Aldi shopper now. And it's like, I walk up, and if a person's pushing the cart up,
1: uh-huh. they'll
0: push it towards me and go, Oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, Here, cart quarter.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I do like Aldi, though. I um, went there, and I hate grocery shopping. I don't know if anybody's like this or it's just me, but I hate grocery shopping. I cannot stand it. But I go to these because I can get in and out. And they've got really good stuff. I must have saved at least 30 bucks yeah. versus shopping at Kroger mm-hmm. or, you know, the regular yeah, grocery store change. I
0: don't go Krogering anymore.
1: I know. It's crazy. But, um, no, I'm really liking it. It uh, saves me time. We're not sponsored. But if Aldi wants to sponsor the show, go I'll for it. I'll sponsor it
0: for the year of profit. Save money by going to different. There you go. Yeah.
1: But we have some really interesting um, things that we were discussing before we started the show here. We have, um, you know, Joe's always had this interest in things that are being found in Ohio. You know, since we're from Ohio, we like to bring all kinds of weird tales from Ohio. But um, Joe's been studying this for a long time. So, Joe, what is the show topic today?
0: So we're going to talk about strange Things that happened in Ohio, like not paranormal. Well, it is paranormal, but more of ancient thing, like ancient cultures, okay stuff like that. You know, because I've been studying up on the mounds, as you know, and
1: for a long time.
0: Wherever we find mounds, there's always hauntings right by them. It's Mm -hmm. always very, very haunted. Like West West Virginia, West West Virginia's
1: penitentiary.
0: Pen. Why can I say that?
1: Because we're tired. I
0: guess. <laughs> Moundsville.
1: <laughs>
2: Moundsville. There you go.
1: That's the way to
0: do it. Moundsville Penitentiary has a mound right behind right in the front door yeah. because that's how they get their name as the town of Moundsville.
1: It's literally across the street and you can go up on top of the mound. Like you have to take a staircase, mm-hmm. but it's giant. Yeah. I I was like, "Oh, what is that giant hill?" And Joe's like, "That's an Indian burial ground." I'm like, "Huh?"
0: Yeah, and what? we're finding that Wherever we're finding these mounds, we're finding that the areas and locations around them are extremely haunted. Yeah. Um, Like in Toledo here, you have a road right at the corner of Clayton and St. Clair Street, Mm -hmm. which is downtown. There was a 200-foot mound there. What happened to it? They tore it down. Why? To make the um, hotel.
2: Oh, okay. The The Oliver House. House. Yep.
0: And they found that the Oliver House is now extremely haunted. I mean, we've been there a few times. I don't...
1: Do you remember seeing the that vault door? So in there, they have this old bank vault. And we mm-hmm. were... It was just Joe and I, a couple vendors, maybe six people in the room. Yeah. And this thing is massive. It's heavy.
0: It's a real old... Real, comma, old <laughs> <laughs> bank vault door.
1: And it opened while we were there. And there's no way that it no breeze is going to open this door it's not it hadn't moved all day and and then all of a sudden yeah and like six of us saw it move we're like what
0: because it's like behind a bar so they're using it as the bar storage Mm. so there's no fan inside there there's no there was nobody behind the bar no and we're all sitting there and all of a sudden we see this door moving and we all were like i mean it had to be in
1: a couple hundred pounds like oh
0: yeah i bet you it's 500 pound door yeah
1: It's just crazy. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so Joe's been studying for a long time these Native American burial grounds, finding strange and unusual rocks Mm -hmm. and formations within Ohio. I have a little information here about some hieroglyphs that were found, and we can get into that. Do you want to do the Talk about the Newark Holy Stones first? Yeah, no,
0: go ahead and talk. Okay. Well, this is. I know you have a couple of stories there. And the one up is right by Columbus, the round rocks. Mm-hmm. When you get to that, that's that's interesting. It's not really, you know, like a mystery. We know what they are, but mm-hmm. it's just so interesting. So Yeah.
1: Okay. So in Hammondville, Ohio, back in 1869, a slate wall is said to have been revealed during digging of a coal mine operated by Captain James Lacey in The autumn of 1869, the discoverers were James Parsons and his two sons who were present when the mass of coal at the face 100 feet underground fell away. So, you know, it's like part, like Mm -hmm. almost like the wall fell down, right?
0: Well, it did, yeah.
1: (laughs) It did. Uh, Really revealing a smooth wall of slate with several lines of strange figures carved into a bold relief. Now, the figures were described as alphabetic writing with raised and well-defined letters. Uh, The coal had been covering the walls, was said to have reverse imprints in it. Oh, really? Yeah. And each sign was about 19 millimeters high, which is like three-fourths of an inch, arranged in rows, exactly spaced three inches apart. And there were 25 symbols in the first line. Uh, Local teachers and ministers who examined the wall were unable to come to a conclusion about it. The number of academics that were invited to view the wall couldn't figure it out either. So it disintegrated, though, when it was exposed to air.
0: Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah.
1: And the writing was lost forever. Now, the discovery was reported in Los Angeles News of December of 1869. Uh, and they had used an account from the Cleveland Herald from Westville, Ohio, um, that had reported on it. So, interesting. like
0: That's interesting because it was inside a coal mine. And when the coal fell away, it revealed it.
1: Yeah. And... Doesn't it take millions of years yes. for coal to become coal out yeah. of whatever? It-
0: all the plants and dinosaurs. Yeah.
1: Dinosaur goo. <laughs> Dinosaur goo and all the plants. But yeah, so it broke open, kind of like, you know, when you break open one of those, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, Trolobites. Yeah. Yeah. In the shale. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the kind that of thing. That blows effect. my
0: mind because it, they had to put it there and then somehow the coal got over it so yeah those carvings had to be
2: beyond yeah i don't know billions how many, of years yeah,
0: old that's but, so bizarre
1: yeah and then to disintegrate when the air hit it so
0: i don't know yeah because usually rock won't disintegrate when air hits it
1: yeah unless it was like maybe limestone or something very or, very
0: brittle sandstone but still i it's in with the coal so yeah. i don't know
1: Strange things are found in coal mines, that's for sure. There was another interesting petroglyph that was found. Now, this one's called the Leo petroglyph, yeah. and it's in Ray, Ohio, R-A-Y, Ohio. It's a slab of sandstone, sandstone covered with a mysterious thousand-year-old rock carvings. Now, what's interesting about this one is that it's near Moonville Tunnel, yeah. which is reportedly super-duper-duper haunted and don't tell me it isn't, person who said it wasn't. Oh, really? Um, was there
0: haunted dirt there?
1: No. Oh, okay. Something else. Someone else. Um, and then um, the Caves of Hocking Hill and the Hopewell Cultural National Historic Park are right near there. Mm-hmm. So it's some of the best preserved rock art in Ohio, scrawled across, an otherwise ordinary just hunk of rock. The figures, which are like an eclectic, blend of um, straightforward designs and abstract creatures um, preserve the traces of a vanished Native American culture. Now, nearly 40 images um, were collected, and they're known as the Leo petroglyph. They're etched into a large slab of sandstone. And so if you look at it, you're going to see birds and fish and footprints and stick figure humans. But then there's some more abstract designs, which um, one looks like a cartoon man with horns and some other things that are kind of scattered in. Now, it's thought that the ancient, fort ancient culture yeah. made the petroglyph. Now, it's unclear exactly when or why, but the best guess is that the people had did the mysterious carvings and designs into the flat sandstone about a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. But the Petrarch, um originally was found along the edge of a sandstone hill that loomed above a gorge. And the rock was carefully extracted and located to its current spot where it lays in a protected a shelter yeah. out of the elements and added to the National Registry of Historic Places in 1970. Um, there's a short nature trail that you begin at the shelter and then it descends down into the gorge with bedrock overhangs and um, could have been, you know, used as a shelter for early humans along that path.
0: But the interesting thing about that is they've also found lettering that I'll explain later on that same rock. Wow. Now. Before I get into my deep dives into the weird things of Ohio.
1: <laughs> Two of them you're listening to.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about those, the ball rocks.
1: Oh, yeah. These are really interesting. Now,
0: I've been wanting to go down and see these. They're not mysterious. They, we know exactly what they are, but they're just cool. And I saw you had the paperwork on So why don't you read yeah.
1: that? Okay. So down near Columbus, there's a neighborhood called Clintonville. And there was a lady named Elizabeth Heiser. She was working in her backyard, and she just made this really weird <laughs> discovery. She was taking out some unwanted bushes and found this almost perfectly shaped spear rock. And when she she said when she fa- found it, she thought it was a cannonball. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been Civil War activity all through, you know, the Midwest. Um, so she spent a lot of time trying to find out. If they were cannonball, if it was a cannonball and if it wasn't. And then when she found out that it wasn't, she was like, "Uh, I got to figure out, you know, what this is. So it turns out that the grapefruit sized sphere is called the concretion.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And they're millions of years old and they're. Everywhere in Ohio, so you can find them all over. According to a geologist in Ohio Department of Natural Resources, Erica Danilison, um, she suggests that uh, if you go to look for these, go to Shale Hollow Park. Now, that's about five miles north Columbus. You've probably been over that area, Joe. I've been
0: over there, but I've never been to the park yet.
1: Okay. So there's a creek that cuts through the park, and it winds between tall cliffs of red Gray and brown shale. Now, walking along the water, you'll immediately see the large round concretions sticking out of the cliffside and they poke up from the creek bed. Now, they're much bigger than the one that that lady found in her backyard. They can be anywhere from the size of a centimeter to like nine feet yeah. across, which is crazy. I've seen
0: videos of the nine foot ones in the creek bed.
1: Understanding shale is the key to understanding how these were developed. So when shale forms, um, it's originally mud that gets deposited at the bottom of the ocean. And as that gets buried, it presses down more and more sediment, which eventually all that mud compresses. And it turns, it gets so compressed that it squeezes all the water out of it and it turns into the rock that we see today. So you guys know if you drive through the, anywhere through the Midwest, when you're going through, you know, like the expressways or interstates, how you'll drive through and you just see layers upon layers of like rocks and stones. And sometimes it's pushed up sideways. Yeah. But when the shale forms, it's originally mud from like ocean. So it was underwater at one point. Um, Then what happens is that, um, okay. So as the shale forms and it gets pressed down, you know, the earth turns and, and the, the tectonic plates move mm-hmm. and these things start rolling around, basically. So it's coral-type animal that gets trapped in there. Mm-hmm. And so it petrifies. And as time goes on, these things start rolling and moving and increasing. And that's where you end up with these nine-foot giant yeah. <laughs> balls of stone. Yeah, uh, it's
0: because it's so cool because as... These are rolling around on the bo- ocean floor, picking up more and more of these creatures. They get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then finally they'll like get so big that they can't move and they get stuck in the rock.
1: And what people don't understand is that back in the De- um, Devonian age, about 60, 360 million years ago, 360 million years. You can't even fathom that. Um, this was time before dinosaurs. It was known as the ages of fish, and the sea completely covered Ohio. So yeah. it was totally swimming with life. There's so many fossils here in Ohio. There were enormous armored fish called Dunkleosaurus or something <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> Are those the ones with the big heads that look like a I don't know. chopper?
1: Never heard of them. Oh. Dunkleosaurus. Okay, and they hunted for prey in the water near the surfaces here in Ohio. So so they're strange.
0: Yeah, and the thing about those fish are a lot of fish are just made of cart- cartilage, so they event they don't turn into fossils. But these had their heads were so solid of bone that they actually found skeleton or fossils of them in Ohio. Mm-hmm. But the thing about those balls is as you're walking along the trails, you can look up in the shale and see them sticking out and knowing that the ones that you see in the wall can be anywhere from the size of a bowling ball, Mm -hmm. you know, or bigger. And yeah. And, um, the ones on the, the floor, uh, like the Creek bed are huge because they've basically rolled around for millions of years and, got bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Now, it says here, too, there was um, chemical change that it sort of created a bubble where other material can settle. So it's probably like petrified wood, right? So, like, the wood rots away, but all the minerals go Mm -hmm. in it, and it just creates this thing. So, guys, we got to get down there. Yeah. So if anybody wants to take a road
0: trip. I wanted you to mention that because I saw you had the paper there on there because it's so interesting. and I'm going to make it down there one of these days. Now, I go to Newark, Ohio a lot. Okay, so let's talk about the Newark Holy Stones and my theories on the mounds.
1: Okay. Well, well explain to everybody what the Newark Holy Stones well, well, are first. <laughs> okay.
0: But I, I was just thinking the next time I go down there, I go to a place called the Gorge. There's a bike trail through the Gorge. And I've never thought to look at the walls of the Gorge for those accretion balls. Yeah. And I I know they're there because it's all in that same area. Mm-hmm. So I've just never noticed. But okay, so... Newark Holy Stones. Let's talk about those. Let's get into the woo-woo stuff here.
2: woo woo
0: So, as you know, Ohio had at one time over 10,000 mounds that they found in central Ohio. And plus, there's also mounds all over the area, like all the way down to Florida, along to Mississippi, all that. they, I actually have a map. And now, now when we talk about these, we'll throw all these pictures in the show notes. So the show notes will be full of pictures this
2: month. Good.
0: Or this week. So there's a map that shows where all the mound structures are or were. There was over 10,000 just in Ohio alone. There's some that are left, like the Miamisburg Mound, um, the Serpent Mound, stuff like that. But let's talk about the New York Holy Stones first, and then we'll go from there. So in Newark, Ohio, there the whole city of Newark used to be a complete mound complex. And in this mound complex, there's several different mounds that are still there. You've got the Great Circle Mound, which we've been to a few times. Then you have the Octagon Mound. As you go outside the Great Circle Mound, there's a little mound hill about three foot tall. And what that was, that was like a pathway showing them how to get to the other mounds. So there was a guy named David Wyrick, and he was a local surveyor back then. But he was also an amateur archaeologist. Okay. What so, time frame was that? That was in the 1800s. Okay. Um, I don't right. have the exact date that he found the stones um, because I didn't write it down. <laughs> and you know, I always have to have my notes.
1: Joe's the note king.
0: So David Wyrick is going through and near the great circle mound that we've been to, he found a stone that he called the keystone because it was in the shape of a keystone. Like it was a V shape and I'll put pictures up on, on our uh, show notes for you. He found what's called the keystone. On the keystone, he found that it had like engraving on it. Figured out that it was Hebrew writing. Wow. On this keystone, which is bizarre because Indian carvings like you were talking about are completely different, but they've also found that a lot of the Indian carving is Hebrew writing. Really? Okay. Now, as time goes by, he find Okay, so he finds the keystone. Very bizarre. He even takes it up to the newspaper in Cincinnati, and they did a story on it now, seeing that he found this mound or this um seeing they found this stone, he wanted to find more. There was a mound over by where i seventy is now, and it was called the Great Stone Mound. It was a giant mound made of just stones. Well, when they were working on the reservoir right by Newark Ohio, they took the stones and they actually said that they carted away. 10,000 cartloads of stone out of this one mound okay wow. at the basin of it it was all clay and David Weirich being the person that he is said this is very odd this is for some reason they brought in clay put clay down and then put the stones on top of the clay so he got a few guys together and they started digging in it and they found a casket mm. okay and this was a giant sized casket with a giant skeleton in it <gasps> The skeleton had copper bracelets on, Mm -hmm. and it also had like a shroud. Wow. Like a burial-type shroud. He was going to preserve this because they found a casket with a giant in it. Mm -hmm. Well, Native Americans didn't bury their dead in caskets. They just buried them in the ground. Right. But they also buried their dead in these mounds, and that's why everybody thinks that they're Indian burial mounds, which they are, but I don't think the Indians actually made the mounds. Oh. Okay. Who now. Do you,
1: who do you think made
0: them? I think that the lost tribe of the Israelites made the mounds. Okay. Now, the reason why I say that is the stone, the keystone has Hebrew writing on it. He found this casket of this giant with copper bracelets and a burial shroud. Burial shrouds are done during a Jewish ceremony burial. Mm-hmm. He wanted to preserve it, but the minute he touched it, the, all the bones turned to dust. <gasps> because they are so old that they turned to dust. That puts it to be thousands and thousands of years old. So they removed the casket, and he decided to dig a little deeper. dug a little deeper, and he found another casket, but this casket was made of stone, and it was about 6 inches by about 3 inches wide by about 2 inches thick. It rattled, so he knew something was in it. Now, there's different conflicting stories that say that they pried it open or one of his workers blew on it and it opened up, But basically, they opened up this little box made of stone. Inside it, they found what's called the Decalogue stone. And I'll put pictures in the show notes of this also. On the Decalogue stone, this is a black onyx stone with Hebrew carving all around it and a carving of Moses on the front of it. And on the bottom, there's like a loop where a cloth could go through to where you could... To me, I think that there was something hanging off the bottom of it. Okay. And then on the keystone, on the top of the keystone, it's carved so that you could wrap a rope or something around it like a pendulum.
2: Oh. So was
0: this, a, these two together? I don't know. Maybe. But the thing is, the Decalogue stone had Hebrew writing and it. it's called Old Block Hebrew writing, which is very hard to read. And... Above the carving of the person in the middle, it says Moshe, which is Moses. Mm-hmm. And they found out after doing some research, they found out that the carving on the stone is the Ten Commandments.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So they found a Hebrew artifact in Ohio, two Hebrew artifacts in Ohio.
1: How, did they say how far down he was digging?
0: Well, I think they said like six feet under or not six, uh, maybe three foot under the the stone mound. Uh Now, what's interesting is I believe that these mounds are not built by the Indians. I believe that they're built by the lost tribe of the Israelites because of all the research I've been doing is we're finding stones and Hebrew things all over Ohio. Wow. Now, it's not in Ohio, but it's close to it. And that is where they found what's called the Bat Creek Stone. Now, the Bat Creek Stone was found on February 14th, 1889, and it was found in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it's not Ohio, but it's close.
2: Right.
0: Now, what's interesting about this stone is it's, they found this stone, and they just assumed it to be Indian carvings. So they put it in a museum, and it sat in a museum for a long time. Finally, someone came into the museum that was a sto- historian and said, um, why is it upside down? And they're like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, that's Hebrew writing. This stone is upside down. So he flipped it over and he showed them all the different Hebrew letters on it. Oh, my gosh. And the stone actually spells out at the end of time. So who knows if there was another part of the stone that had a regular inscription on it that said something. But mm-hmm. what's said on the stone is at the end of time and is done in old style block Hebrew writing. Wow. But, I mean, that wasn't Ohio, but that's pretty close. I mean, they're finding things all over Ohio that have the Hebrew writing on them. Now, another thing is in Fayetteville, Ohio. Now, this is pretty interesting, too, because in Fayetteville, Ohio, you have a field, okay? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And in this field, it's actually right where, if you look on a map, in Fayetteville, Ohio, you'll see State Route 30 and State Route 50, where those cross in the little triangle looking shape in the farmers field, if you look close, you'll see some huge ditches. Okay. Now, the thing about these ditches is they found out that it is a Hebrew letter. Really? Carved into the field in Fayetteville, Ohio. And that letter is um it's either pronounced Sheen or Sine. Uh-huh. I think it's Sine. It's S-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. Is the letter. Now, the thing is, when you make these mound complexes, you have to get dirt from somewhere. So what they did was this giant letter is the dirt that they used for a mound complex right next to it that is not there anymore. Oh, gotcha. So in 1824, Major Isaac Roberto, I can't pronounce his last name, Roberto, he mapped out a large mound that they found, a mound complex that they found. When he mapped it out, he found out that it is in the shape of an oil lamp and a menorah. Wow. And like I said, I'll post these pictures. Okay. But Native American Indians would not make that. No. Okay. Yeah. It is an actual mound complex shaped as Hebrew stuff. And the dirt that they took to build the mound, they took it out of the field next to it, which spelled out sign. Hmm. a Hebrew letter that's in Fayetteville, Ohio. And it's if you go to Google Maps and you look where 30 and 50 come together, you'll see it.
2: Wow, that's cool. But you
0: won't see the mound complex because they actually bulldozed that over. Oh, man. That was the dirt that they used. They actually spelled out that letter. Now, the thing is, the Hebrews were known to make mounds. They actually, there's actual Bible verse in Second Kings that say, and they built them on high places, mounds in all their cities. Oh. So the Hebrews built mounds and to this day, like if you go over to like Cyprus, you'll find these same exact mound complexes over there that look just like they do here.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And we have other mounds like Miamisburg Mound Which and we've been on too. top of that. Yep. Now that's not a complete mound anymore because they actually started to dig the top of that mound off Ugh. and they found thousands of bones of Native Native Americans. And that's where I think that the Native Americans didn't make the mounds. The Native Americans used the mounds oh, okay. because right. they were holy places.
2: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So they could have been there long before they even were there.
0: And they said the local Indians had no knowledge of who made the mounds and why they were built. So they were there before Indian culture kept wow. track of stuff.
1: Be really cool if they could use some kind of ground-penetrating radar, not yeah. disturb the mounds, mm-hmm. but just to try to see what's still in them.
0: Other mound structures, they found Hebrew writing on rocks around them, such as like the Pinnacle Mound in Connecticut and Grave Creek Mound in Virginia. They both had Hebrew writing on their the stones that they found in there. Also,
1: it, it would be interesting to map dot those on a map to mm-hmm. see if you could see kind of like maybe where they came in at. Maybe they were following, like... Like a trade you, route or yeah, something? Yeah, like a trade route or the water, mm-hmm. you know, like probably came down the Lawrenceford Seaway into Lake Erie and then maybe down the Maumee mm-hmm. River or yeah, because the Ohio River.
0: Yeah, because, like, in Michigan, there's a cave in Michigan that they found that had petroglyphs in it, and the petroglyphs, petroglyphs were a carving of a menorah. And the Potawatomi tribe says that it was carved by their ancestors.
2: Wow, interesting.
0: Now, another thing, too, if you go back to like Ohio, William Penn visited Ohio. And in his own words, he stated that he was so familiar with the Indians, he could say that, or he was so familiar with the Indians, he could easily imagine himself in the Jewish quarter of London. So the Indians actually looked Jewish to him. So this all goes back to, I believe, that the mound structures were built by the lost tribes of the Israelites because Mm -hmm. a lot of this evidence that comes up.
1: Yeah, so much strange things in Ohio. We got everything from pirates to mounds to giant spheres to Mm -hmm. pterodactyls or whatever. (laughs) And some weird podcasters.
0: You know, I mean, and you're talking... The Hopewell and Adena tribes were said to be in this area 2000, 2000, 2000, 2,800 years ago, mm-hmm. and they're finding like bones and that that are disappearing when they open the caskets up. Yeah, when they open we the had a up.
1: school here called the Hopewell, and there is a well, an actual well, right yeah. by my house. Not right by, but like five minutes from my house, is the meeting point where the Hopewell Indians would meet. It was a trade route, and that was the meeting point because there was fresh water there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So easily could have been, you know, built on a mound and flattened out to make the roundabout on Cherry Street.
0: Yeah, where they put this giant,
1: giant roundabout, and
0: yeah, it's they put so a big annoying. art, <laughs> big art, thing up there. But, but no, what I'm so I believe that these mound structures and even like the Serpent Mound which is an effigy mound. That's not a burial mound. I believe that they were there before. Now, the serpent mound is something different. I think it's I don't think it's a serpent. I think it's something else. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that on some other show, but I believe that it's something else. And I I'm going to get down there. I know you've heard the shows with Heather Arnold that we've had and she wants to come out and go to the yeah. serpent mound with me. But I okay, I'll just say it. I think that the serpent mound isn't a serpent. I think it's a sperm. <laughs> Because How
1: would they even know? They didn't have that's what microscopes I'm talking about. back then. But that's
0: what I'm talking about is we don't know what their culture was like yeah. before. Because you got to remember, back 12,000 years ago, there was a giant flood. You know, every culture has their flood story. Yeah. And the only thing that'll last for that long is stone. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff is preserved in stone. I believe, now, somebody may say, oh, you're full of crap or whatever, but... I believe that the pre-flood cultures had as much or more knowledge than we do now. We don't know. They could the tools that they had to use to make a lot of this stuff. Let me talk about Tiwatiwakan. Mm-hmm. This is a city that was buried, and they think around twelve thousand years ago, around the flood time. It was bur- buried on purpose. It wasn't a flood burial. It wasn't. It was actually buried on purpose. Now. You read in your article they are talking about how the stone was cut. It When you look at the Newark Holy Stone, that is a cut where you take a flat stone and you cut into it. These have reliefs where they cut the stone around them to relie- to make the relief stick out of the stone. Mm. In order to do that, you couldn't use like copper chisels like they say they used. Yeah. They said that they had to use copper chisels. Well, a copper chisel chiseling out a block of stone it's that's not
1: possible forty
0: feet tall, thirty feet wide, and ten feet wide or whatever, you know, to make these animal reliefs. And the animal reliefs were everything. They're alligators, they were hippos, they were elephants, all these different animals. And they also did find some dinosaur carvings. Oh wow. And these but these carvings are opposite. You carve away the rock and leave that. Yeah. You don't carve into the rock. Mm-hmm. And if they used copper copper chisels, they would have had to use thousands and thousands isn't of a, copper.
1: Isn't copper a soft metal, Yeah, though? exactly.
0: Okay. So, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm i big into the Newark Holy Stones and all the history of them. And if you come to the convention, I will have them at our booth. So,
1: you have to come see them and get your picture taken with the Holy Stones. Yeah,
0: with the Holy Stones.
1: That didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but... Yeah, I know this episode wasn't really ghosty or that, but it was paranormal history yeah. to where
1: it's mysteries I of think, the unknown.
2: Yeah,
0: I do. Believe, I'm a hundred percent believer in the giants are here. We found giant skeletons here in Ohio. We found giant skeletons in Toledo, not even five miles from where we're sitting right now. Yeah, and that's in. If you want to read that, it's in the Toledo Gazette of eighteen something.
1: 96 I believe somewhere 95 around 95 or 96 that's your grandpa's born. Oh. 1990 or so, 1895.
0: All through Ohio, all through Kentucky, all through Tennessee, they find carvings with Hebrew writing on them. They find photo or photos. They find <laughs> photographs. Yeah, petroglyphs of menorahs up in a cave in Michigan. They find petroglyphs that come out of core or um Shale shale in a coal mine, which they're how did it get there, you know? So, who knows? I mean, that's why I say I, I firmly just think believe it's
1: probably not even a one millionth of a percent of what we've just are able to discover, yeah,
0: yeah. Because, think about it just I mean, when you go out here to Fossil Park out here in Sylvania and you're looking for trilobites, mm-hmm. the millions and millions of trilobites you find, but these are deliberately carved things. Lots of them aren't covered. Like the one, the menorah petroglyph in Michigan in a cave, and they say it's deep back into a cave. How did they light the cave so no, so they knew what they were doing? Mm,
2: fire. Yeah. Fire bad. <laughs>
0: same with the um, pyramids. Oh, and I want to mention about the pyramid before we let you go. Same thing, the pyramids. They don't know how they lit the pyramids up so they could do all the painting and carving that they did inside the pyramids because there's no sign of fire. There's no residue Mm -hmm. of fire anywhere in the pyramids.
1: Ancient Egyptians were able to use almost like mirrors Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to bounce the light off. So they would have a series of mirrors set up. It would bounce the light in off one to another to another and it would illuminate the, the area. That's what
0: they say, but I've seen studies where they... They tried that, and even with modern mirrors, mm-hmm. it didn't light it up enough. So I don't know.
1: Ancient alien technology.
0: I think so. Now, before I let you go, I I, I was going to bring this up when we talked about Newark, Ohio. In Newark, Ohio, now you go to Newark, Ohio, and you go to the Great Circle Mound. We've been there several times. Outside the mound, there's a pathway. leads to another mound circle called the Great Octagon Mound. This is very interesting. It's in a golf course right now. And the reason it's in a golf course is when they were building the city, they wanted to tear this mound out. And the city came in and said, no, we're going to put a golf course there. So they put a um, city-owned golf course so that they could preserve this mound. And it's huge. Okay. Okay, so the octagon mound is very interesting because it's in the shape of an octagon. And there's certain points all around it. Each point represents a phase of the moon, and it's an 18-year cycle. So it took them 18 years to make this wow. line up with the moon cycles. Now, the Great Pyramid of Giza, if you set that pyramid in this octagon mound, each corner would fit perfectly. It's exact same size. Wow. Okay, now, wow. going deeper into this, just recently they found out that the... Um, Great Pyramid is not square. They found that instead of having four sides, it has eight sides because each side bends in just a tiny bit. Oh. Those points line up inside the octagon mound also.
1: That's so weird. Now, if you take
0: the octagon mound, end point to end point, line it up with the pathway going to another great circle mound right next to it, the degrees of that to true north is the exact same angle of the pyramid itself so it all matches
1: that can't be coincident
0: no so anyways that was part of that too it all met yeah it all comes together there's all the same sizes and everything and as we know the pyramids look and this is something else that i have to look into is the pyramids when you look down on them it's orion's belt it's the same setup as orion's belt and off in the distance you have another pyramid which is a shoulder the other one is the other shoulder and then where the Milky Way goes through is the Nile. So uh, it all matches. Yeah. And here in Ohio, we have something that's the exact same size, same dimensions, same angles that shows the 18-year cycle phase of the moon. Very
2: you bizarre. You know, who
0: built these things? That's uh-huh. why I mean. So anyways, that's, that's my thoughts. It's very interesting. And the more you literally dig into this, the more you actually find.
1: So y'all have to come to Ohio. Come digging.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can, right here in Savannah, you can get fossils from fossil park
1: yeah you can there's a free fossil park you can go and dig fossils for free
0: yep they're all trilobites but you know that's so
1: cool though (laughs) it's so much fun but
0: right there that shows you you go out to this quarry and it's fossil park it's a quarry now that's wall the main walls are a good 150 feet completely filled with trilobites Yeah. so that was an ocean floor at one time and now it's ground level but You go there and they dig down in like 400 feet. So think about that. All those millions of years of sediment buildup Mm -hmm. filling with trollobites because trollobites have been around for millions of years. Yeah. And you go out there now and you can find hundreds and hundreds in one Mm -hmm. little scoop. So (laughs)
1: cool. Very, very fun. But yeah, guys, definitely look into this a little bit more. If this interests you, you know, share it with your friends. Like smash that like button is that's the new catchphrase joe smash that like button but you know we would we would love it if you guys could um share the show support the show however you can
0: and nowadays they call it follow instead of subscribe so some sites still say follow or some sites still say subscribe some say follow so whatever your site you're on please if you haven't subscribed yet hit that subscribe button give us a positive rating review and tell a friend
1: Absolutely.
0: And also come to the conventions that we're going to be at. We're going to be next one. will be July 30th at um, Chelsea, Michigan Mm -hmm. at the Bigfoot, Michigan Bigfoot Conference. I will have my new book there.
1: (gasps) Exciting. Exciting. Y'all can get an autographed copy of Joe's book.
0: Yeah. It's a book that will change your life. It's not about ghosts or anything like that. It's about how you can change your life and make your life better.
1: That's right. Ghost your old life. Yeah. <laughs> get a new one. But anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We hope to hear you can uh, come back and join us anytime. Don't forget the show is always released on Sunday at 2.22 p.m. Wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a great week, everybody.
0: And let's listen to some 60 Second Crush murder in Ohio. Goodbye, everyone. bye